Hey, welcome to another episode of Gear Talk and Noria Podcast, where we are connecting reliability professionals with reliable information. You know, we, we talk about reliability, um, modifying machines and everything, but today we're going to get on the proactive side of reliability. And we're going to be talking with Daniel Rader, and we're going to be talking about how we design reliability into our systems, into our machines. So Dan, man, I appreciate you coming by and sitting with us. Uh, one of the goals of this podcast is for people to understand, you know, more of the individual of, of who's talking. So why don't you kind of give us a, a rundown of you and, you know, what you're doing and, you know, why you're going to talk to us today. Absolutely. Daniel Rader graduated from Oklahoma State University, joined the Navy. Navy's a great opportunity to uh, learn all sorts of, of things you didn't know were going on in the world. That was where I first got exposed to reliability. You're in the plant. You're trying to keep the steam going. You're trying to keep the ship moving. Uh, hey, this, this, this motor's making a weird noise. Oh, did you change the oil? Have you looked at the oil? Have you thought about the oil? It's vibrating funny. Did you do the vibration check? I didn't know any of these things existed. It's not something that they typically cover in a college classroom. Um, left the Navy, had a chance to continue in that line of work of power plant maintenance uh, here in Oklahoma. And uh, here and there, through a couple of other companies, have continued in, in kind of that reliability uh, pass. I work for a company now called L3 Harris. We're a Department of Defense contractor. It goes back to the Navy. Um, and uh, we're making the equipment now. And so I'm having to think about this in a whole new mindset. Uh, I'm not the guy reacting and going, whoever made this thing, I'm, I'd am i be so mad at them. I would have done this. I would have done that. It's like, no, I'm that guy now trying to, to figure out what we put into it. And so we're considering uh, how long these components should last, will last. Uh, we get early reports from our field service reps. These things are breaking and it, it seems like there's a pattern. Oh, we got to we got to go figure out what that is and solve it and make a patch or find a new uh, component to it. Um, and, and then that goes back to where you were in school is sitting in the lab with your uh, your ohm meter um, and watching the little sine wave go up and go, yep, try a try a 50 ohm resistor. No, nope, try a 100 ohm resistor. We're in there just just messing until we think that the thing stays on. Um, so, yeah, it's it's the same discipline. But man, thinking about it. In a, in a whole new way. It's, it's, it's been a fun ride. Now, we typically think the whole PF curve, right? Mm -hmm. All right? Machines start to fail because of some issue. But, I mean, realistically, if we graph this out, we're kind of beyond the y-axis, right? Yeah. We're kind of in the negative. Exactly. Most people think the PF curve starts when the machine is maybe installed, right, received. And, and if we're doing it wrong, we, we've already sent it to you with the failure, right? right. Like, we're, we're having to really think about, okay, how do, we, how do we keep it as far away from us as possible? What can we design in and, or design out? I guess is, is maybe a better way of saying it um, to, to, to make it last a lot longer. Um, some of that is, is how we test it, you know, up front, um, getting some field data. And then it turns out there's a whole military standard for, for uh, trying to figure these things out and saying like, okay, uh, if you have this many resistors, they're all worth this many hours of time. Okay. Uh, and, and so then you, you kind of uh, build and roll up and you get to do some fun math with some programs. Um, and then it spits out and says, yeah, this thing should last about 800 hours before you have to replace it or really think about it as a failure. And we go, oh, okay. Is that good? I don't know. So it's like, you know, in what, a little over a month of 24 seven, maybe. Yeah. Right. And if you use it less, it lasts, it lasts longer, you know? Uh, and so it's like figuring out is the number good, right? It, just because it is a number doesn't mean it's good or bad. You got to right. apply it. Yeah. How, how much it runs. Um, and then you got to figure out if it's good. Cool. I want to take credit for it. If it's bad, 
what what do we fix? What was the thing that that went wrong? Um, is it the thing that's the most complex? Is it just one particular item and we could design it out? Um, maybe we just tested it wrong. Uh, we've we've done that where we proved that that we we did we we tested it wrong. We tested it too hot in the wrong environment and it didn't represent what was actually going to occur in the, the actual use case yeah. what they're going to be doing yeah so we we changed the parameters of the test we lowered the temperature a little bit um, we we changed the pressure that was involved uh, uh, the one of the applications i work on is, is pretty high up in the atmosphere we're not as worried about pressure, right? So let's sure. let's lower it down. We don't need to stick it in like a vacuum area, but like let's let's try and make it look more like what we're going to use. Um, that improved the life quite a bit. Oh, great! We think we think we solved it. We think we know what to do now. Um, so yeah, it's thinking. You're not wrong. It's thinking about the curve, but it's like yeah, how do we how do we deliver it to you? And we didn't we didn't accidentally break it before we handed it. It's not already on the curve. It's exactly. still on a flat line exactly. at some state. We have. A, High, high level of performance. Yeah. Now, we typically think, you know, we live in a mechanical world, mostly at, at Nor, you know, things moving and everything mm -hmm. else. And we don't dive into necessarily all the electrical yeah. things. Are you involved in, in both aspects, maybe a mechanical aspect and electrical aspect? Is yeah. So the, the, the product that I work with the most is a camera system. So the camera's, you know, the biggest component of it, but we want to, we want to move the camera. We want to turn okay. the camera. We want to point the camera. And so there is the mechanical aspect of it. Uh, but, you know, your movement is, is pretty well defined you know you're just an inch here an inch there uh, honestly it's not even an inch right like you'd have to move a camera very far if you're looking far enough away um and so that's that's its own um problem is how you control movement that fine mm -hmm. you have to have really precise Control. screws controls um and and so tracking uh, how good those are well great there's like a company that you can call that makes it the way that you want it like that if that company's busted if, if you find out from their testing that yeah they're not so good i mean you you go back to design you got to start over mm -hmm. um we're lucky we have a couple guys that, that we really trust and so we went ahead and said okay we know it might fail let's buy like twice of what we need because sure. we're going to be testing it. We're exactly. going to be going through all these iterations. And then well. if it if it does break and we know failure can be random, right? Mm -hmm. Let's let's have one ready to go. Maybe that was just a bad one. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're definitely looking at, at mechanical and electrical uh, aspects of it within that motion. Uh, we're just not moving as much as a, a motor or a pump. Well, sure. Right. But I mean, movement still uh, there's friction involved, everything else. Now, the the electrical side, you know, I. I went through some uh, electrical uh, classes in college as well, and I mean, that's black magic as far as yes. I'm concerned. Smoke in the box. Yeah, I'm <laughs> there you yeah. go. You got to keep the smoke on the inside. Yeah. But I remember the oscilloscope as you're talking about and everything else. And I guess I don't necessarily think, but I mean, let's let's call a, a resistor or a diode. I mean, a diode in a mechanical world would be a check valve. Yep. Right. I mean, yep. resistors are let's call them valves at some point, right? Because they're going to resist different things moving through them. So I mean, there's a mechanical aspect to that because we have energy. So it's going to get hot. All exactly. those things are going to deteriorate. So as you're looking through these things, you've got a, a mathematical, you know, program that, that goes through this. But you also have to test. I yes. mean, and what what do some of these tests, you know, look like? What are the the parameters that you're shooting for? Mm -hmm. What you talked about a camera system. You know, yeah. what what does that look like? Yeah. So uh, our camera system, you know, first of all, it looks kind of like R two D two. Like in <laughs> in general, like it's about that big. It's about that shape. If if you kind of have that in your mind, that's that's kind of what we're working with, all right? Okay. And then how we test it is, I mean, we literally, we throw it in the freezer, 
We put it in a, a, a it's a, you know, it's it's fancier than this, but it's an sure. it's an oven. It's right? an oven, okay. It's, it's a box that gets hot and you control the temperature. That that's an oven. We're not cooking food, we're cooking R2, but uh, it's it's in there nonetheless. And so we're those are the tests that we're doing is is hot and cold. Uh, and then sometimes, honestly, we just we stick it in a plane and we fly it way up in the air and we we see what it does up there too. Because you can't yeah. you can't replicate a real life scenario. Oh sure, that. that's the best way to do it, right? Like you don't know if you're going to jump out of that plane with a parachute until you go up and do it. Um, I remember I got a fly fishing pole when I was about eight years old for Christmas. And in Southwest Kansas, that's probably the worst place to own a fly fishing mm-hmm. pole. But I remember it said, no, you can practice, you know, in your front yard and you're practicing casting. And then we went to a creek in Colorado that spring. It's a lot different when you're actually standing in front of the water with it as opposed to, you know, throwing it down your driveway. Exactly. So real world testing is, of course, yeah. important. Yeah. Are there standards that guide, you know, what you're doing? There are. There are. So I'm, I'm, I'm opening my, my list here of some of the standards we use. So uh, because we're a military contractor, we always start with Military Handbook 217. Okay. Uh, long, deep, rich history of this handbook. Uh, started in the 50s up in the Schenectady, Albany, New York area. And they're trying to, to set a standard and say, okay, a resistor that's five ohms, we're saying will always last within like you know this many hours two million okay. hours three million hours this type of motor this type of gear at this size will always last this this amount of time if you ran is there a factor of safety i guess that they built yeah into they built that? they built it in and you know this is you got to think this is the the late 40s the early 1950s right so mm-hmm. they're they're doing it by hand but i mean they are literally testing all of them and 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 counting and putting the stopwatch to it and recording it so it's been a few years since the 1950s. We've updated that handbook a number of times, mm-hmm. but uh, and there's another update coming soon, is, is what I've been told. But it's not been um, very thoroughly updated in, in a couple of decades. It's okay. still considered the standard because mm-hmm. it's the military handbook, but uh, it doesn't account for a lot of the uh, subtle advances that we get nowadays, right? It's like saying, like, I have an iPhone 14. It's a lot different than an iPhone 6, but yeah. both of them are way more advanced than the phone you and I grew up with at our mom and dad's house. That's, I mean, that's kind of where my mind would go with that as yeah. well as saying, okay, well, maybe the standard hasn't updated, but you feel like those values would still be yeah. somewhat reasonable because, all right, maybe we're making, we've picked on resistors a lot. We're making resistors better than we yeah. did in the 40s. Exactly. So we're making If, if we're still better. using that standard, then yeah. the built-in factor safety should be more than adequate it for should. today. It so. should. And so then you then you run into uh, Telcordia as an example. That's another standard where they said, hey, we're not in the military. We're in telecom. Mm-hmm. We are making these things better, right? We're, we're running the different types of cable. We've got fiber optic. We've got T1 lines. Uh, that's not the same as as phone cord and coax from 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right. And so they've they've upgraded their own. I'm not in the telecom industry. If I was, I'd probably use I'd probably use that standard, <laughs> use that. right? Yeah, sure. Um, and then there's another group that took the 217 data and they call it 217 plus, which I think it's great that they were able to like make it sound like a streaming service. Uh, <laughs> I'd be a terrible channel, but it would be very useful at work. And so they took a lot of that same data and they applied those uh, updates, both in, in understanding materials, understanding factors of safety um, and being able to test a few more things. I mean, like there's literally stuff that exists today that, that didn't back then. Right in terms of like how we use LEDs or how small you can get capacitors and and uh, that sort of component. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of that that they build in and they look at. Um, you tabulate it, you reference it, but then again, you have some number 
and it is what it is. And then you go and you test it. You throw it in the field. You heat it up. You cool it down. You put it up in the air. We see what it what it actually does. Um, and that's how you feel good about what I send to you down the road. I want to take a second to talk about Reliable Plant Conference. This is actually our 25th Reliable Plant Conference. It is going to be held at the Carib Royale Resort in Orlando, Florida, July 31st through August 3rd. Please come and join us for workshops, speaker sessions, keynotes. We have an exhibit hall with over 100 exhibitors in it to find the solutions that you need to improve your reliability program, your lubrication program, and to network with your peers. Learn from them. Understand what solutions they use to improve their program. Come and learn from industry experts, from thought leaders, from people that are innovating in their reliability uh, programs. And we want to see you there. Remember, July 31st through August 3rd. And of course, you can go to conference.reliableplant.com for more information. Now, on the design side of things, so uh, someone's already come up with, all right, we, we have a need for a camera yeah. system. Mm -hmm. Now you're trying to make sure all of the controls, all of everything that can fit into whatever device that is, mm -hmm. falls within these standards or devi device within these standards. And your end user is going to be the the military. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you working hand in hand with them, saying, "All right, what all features? You know, what all benefit? What are you actually looking for? I mean, how does this go with the design aspect?" when we're talking about Department of Defense or anything yeah. else. So they, yeah, they come up with a laundry list of, uh, we think it could do this, we'd like it to do this. Uh, sometimes it's realistic, sometimes it's not. That goes back to testing too, because we're testing operational, like how it actually works as, as much as we are, how long it can last. Um, so yeah, they, they, they also decide things like, you should be able to put it together off the back of the truck within this amount of time, okay. right? Like if we ship you a new one and we need to get that thing out in the field, it should take you less than a day, less than six hours. I mean, the, they change per the program, right? Um, but they come up with those kind of ideas too. So yes, they're they're listing out what they think it should do, how they think they should do it, and to an extent, yeah, it's up to us to figure out how to how to make it achieve those things. Mm -hmm. um, when we uh, when we overachieve, we take credit, we brag, <laughs> we, we charge more. I think that's where the ten thousand dollar hammer comes from. Is that oh, they the really. Bill. That company really made a good hammer, and they they were proud to show it <laughs> off. I, I, I can see how that came about now. Now, um, you you keep talking about testing and everything else. Um, what role would would you play necessarily? You know, as it gets into real world application. So something has now been in service for a while. Are you getting data back from those in the field in yeah. use? So we're we're very blessed in my group. We have a fantastic team of, of field service representatives. They're going out and they're working daily with the boots on the ground and saying like, "Hey, it it was a little sluggish. Uh, this thing didn't seem like it worked correctly." Okay, we're going to get that data not live, but about as close to live as as you can get when we're not going out with the equipment into the field. Right, it's just coming back to base. And then yeah, they're they're uploading that and we're talking about it as often as possible. Hey, it seems like that this piece of of memory card failed. Hey, it seems like this wire always seems to short out. Hey, it doesn't want to turn, you know, all the way this way. There's some kind of mechanical binding. What what's up with that? And then yeah, we're we're recording that data, loading it up and and then doing fracas, which is which is what you do, right? When you've been given the equipment and you show up at the plant and it's 50 years old, you're still looking at the history of failure. It's just for us the failures are all kind of brand new. Uh, there is no pattern. It, it is literally the first time the, the thing broke that way. Uh, when we do get a second one, um, we're not happy. You're never happy that it broke, but then you're like, a pattern. Data we can, set. 
yeah. we can follow the data, we can make better decisions. Uh, and so we did. We had we had one that the, by the third time it had failed, we had named it. You know, we had a whole new procedure written up, and we were like excited because now we know how to approach it. We know how to fix it. We know how to make it better. And I mean, that's what you're always wanting to do with your product is you yeah. want to, you want to make it better. Uh, and so that was, that was, that was enjoyable as much as anything else. Now I'm going to back up real quick. Fracas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, failure reporting and corrective action system. Yeah. Um, we speak in a lot of acronyms and military and everything else. Oh, I mean, I can only worse. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So much worse. So, um, I want to pick your brain here. Yeah. So you've been in industry, let's let's say heavy industry, uh, power generation, yeah. stuff like that. You've been in the Navy, which I mean, industrial aspect of that, you're propelling the boat, power mm -hmm. planting the boat, mm -hmm. all, all mm -hmm. that good stuff. So compare what you're doing now with something the size of R2-D2 compared yeah. to something the size of a power plant. Or well, and, and that's why I bring up the electrical side of it so much because like it, that's, all, that's what's in there, right? It's mm -hmm. like we took a bunch of circuits and just dumped them in a box and mm -hmm. shook it up and it, and it froze up. Yeah, it's moving, it's moving not as much. And so the movements that you're thinking of are so much smaller and the space that you're working in is so much smaller. And I don't get to go and, you know, hang from a pipe to reach the motor to be able to listen to it. It's like it's it's confined mm -hmm. um, in, in a much smaller area. So you're almost like looking in on it instead of like being a part of the system. Sure. You know, when I, I when I'm out in a plant or when I'm out in, a, in an industrial setting, you almost feel like you're part of the process. Like you're like, mm -hmm. I can see where I am on the diagram from the plant manual. It's flowing right here. It's about to, you know, heat up. It's about to cool down. No, you're outside of it the whole time, and you're like, you're, you're barely poking. So that that part's different. Um, in, in, but how in, are they in the scope? Same? And they're the same because it's still a system. We've got a we've got a flow diagram, right? It's mostly electrical, but we've also got a, a camera flow. We've got mirrors. Um, that's a really cool thing. If anyone ever gets the chance, and you go and like to any any place that does camera in the back of the building, they have a, a mirror lab where they're like trying to figure out exactly what angles you should do to be able to do lens focus and um, refraction. And so what they'll do is, is they've got a big bay, much, much longer than, you know, any standard meeting room you'd be in. And they've just got mirrors posted all over and they're shooting the laser back and forth. And they're just seeing like, oh, it got a little better. It got a little worse. Yeah. Um, because then what they do is they take those same angles and everything and they squish it all together and pack it into R2. And, Whatever and size of exactly, box it needs to fit Exactly. In. And that's, that's true of the camera on your phone. It's true of the camera that, that you might just go take a nice uh, you know wedding photo or scenic photo of they've all got the different lenses and mirrors and inner workings that was like that so it's fun to see it exploded so that's kind of how I think of it it's like yeah. it's a plant in a box it, it's it they took all of the equipment that might normally be spread out and you kind of look around and see they shoved it all into a thing and so you still have the flow diagram it's all the same you can see how the signal goes you can see how all the inputs and outputs come out you just are much more outside of it instead of being a part of it. I want to dwell with the mirror thing because yeah. I find that fascinating. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm thinking about reliability. Mm -hmm. And I've got an eight-year-old. <laughs> I'm not going to give a mirror to my eight-year-old, no. right? No. But you're strapping this mirror onto, uh, I don't planes, boats, yeah. cars. I don't know. I think about the good old Hummer jumping sand dunes somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're thinking in a reliability aspect, I mean, that's got to give you some level of nightmares. Yeah. I mean, thinking about something that could be as fragile as that yeah. going into this system. Is this all, you know, as you start to build it, I mean, that's a structural, I guess, component mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. But then you have to worry about how the mirror is actually constructed, all of those aspects, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not on the, uh, I don't know as much about how they pick the material to do it as much yeah. as on the, the receiving end. Um, but we do make sure that it uh, stows is the term we use. Okay. You can lock it up, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't jiggle. 
uh, we we use different means to hold it in place and seal it in against the environment. So yeah, you're moving and you're going through a, a bad area. It's dusty, whatever. We're locked up. We're yeah. we're not worried about it hitting that. Uh, it's fine to take the 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 bounce, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know how they I don't know how they <laughs> pick that part. The uh, dirt, of course, is a killer in my Ugh. in my environment. Right? Always is. We think about Always dirt is. getting in the oil and everything else. I mean, how are you guys counteracting? Yeah, so you know, we're again, we're partly counteracting it by making sure that it seals up really good. Doing doing the check on the seals is one of our basic maintenance tasks. Of okay, we're we're shut down, we're closed. Check the seals. Is the mm-hmm. seal actually doing what it's supposed to? And and locking the 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 camera up. Um, after that, we're putting it far enough above where dirt normally is that we're not as worried about it, yeah. uh, to be frank. Like, it's just we we get it so high up that uh, there there shouldn't be dirt. And there should be rain. That's fine. We'll, we'll drive through the rain a little bit. Maybe we put a window over it. Maybe we don't. Um, that kind of depends. But, yeah, we're, we're, we're mostly focusing on keeping it out by making sure that it's it's tight. Um, and then, yeah, like it, when it mechanically binds, that might be one of the things – we look at right uh, and because uh it's electrical because there's the the mirrors now you can't just go in and like blow it out with compressed air <laughs> sure. right yeah you, that's how you damage stuff so no it's 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 really about prevention prevention of getting it in in the first place um we were we were talking before we started recording that you know sometimes we'll just open the bay doors where our, our program works and just point it across the the tarmac and see stuff well i mean it, it's dusty out there too it, it blows in um sometimes that's that's what happens then you shut the door and then you take a minute and you kind of go over with your fine tooth comb and then you make sure that you know it does the full range of motion before it shuts down so now i know we're we're running low on time but i've got yeah. just a couple more things so the the first one if you do your job exceptionally well mm-hmm. on the design front mm-hmm. Does that mean that you're not going to have some sort of failure out there in the field? I mean, failure failure is random is what we always say, sure. right? Life happens, stuff happens. We it can be a lemon, we could miss it. I will say that we've not seen failures occur much earlier than what we said would happen. So you you are saying there is a finite point, yeah. right? Yeah, Cuz you can't say well this is going to last into perpetuity, but it should last fault-free to this yes. point. Yes. And that means job well done for for what you've done. Exactly. And 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 then every time we redesign or we come up with a new aspect of what we think it should do next, that's kind of the the first step. Okay, let's let's look at this components if we change these components and we thought it did this did it make it better or worse? It might it might make it worse, but if that improved the performance, that might be worth it. You know, obviously, most of the time you want it to last longer, and, and most of the changes that we've made do that. But um, we have one of the cameras in our system where it's not the best camera; it doesn't last the longest, but it performs to the exact specifications that we want. And so we said, you know what? It's it's fine. We don't need to try and make it last longer and risk losing the picture that we're trying to sure. see. Um, and so we'll we'll just let it stay in there. That's for a, a decision that has to be made. Exactly. I mean. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not just um, throwing it out there and saying like it failed or it didn't fail in terms of like it stayed on, right? We're defining failure as sure. part of our approach to it. Um, and so that's that's part of it too, is that we have more than one camera in the camera system. So, hey, you know what? We go through and, and most of them work. That might be considered a success. Um, it depends on which camera turned off. So, you know, that I think that goes back to 
a lot of how people misunderstand failure in the first place is failure is not a binary, right? Mm -hmm. When we say it starts to fail, if it degrades a certain amount, that's a failure, right? Sure. It didn't have to turn all the way off. And so it's kind of thinking of that same aspect of like defining it, listing out exactly what it means in the mission and the operation in in productivity, right? If your plant is still pumping out the amount of widgets or chemicals that you need to make or electrons, like we're good. It's not a failure. Yep. Right? It's running a little slow. We gotta be thinking about that. We, we gotta we gotta put some maintenance plans together. It's that whole minimum level of performance exactly. that we define. Exactly. And so we have that too, even from a design and, and, and thinking of it from a design standpoint. It's like great. We think the hours we designed it to last meets what the customer wants. Um, and then we go out in the field and it seems like it mostly does. All right. No, that's great. So last question here is, is there anything that you would want to put out there, kind of a message, either maybe people that are looking to get into reliability or maybe it is those people that are saying, yeah. if they would just design it better, we wouldn't have these problems. No. <laughs> so kind of last, last little pitch to you. Here. No, absolutely. Um, I'm amazed at how much it's the same, but how much it's different. Right. Again, we're we're doing a lot of the same processes. We're doing we're doing FAMIA, failure modes, effects analysis. We're doing fracas that we talked about. Um, but we're the ones who get to originally consider the design. And so when we're when we're selling it, we're sending it off. It's like we we did put in a lot of thought. Like we we did it the best we could. But like I'm thinking of it, um, it's it's 2023. The thing that we're selling and using is is supposed to still be working 20 years from now. I don't know what technology is going to change in 20 years. I can only tell you that today we made the best decision we could. And so that makes me reflect back on, you know, any time that a motor uh, broke and, and you probably had a, a an unkind name for the motor in your plant that broke all the time. And you're like, why would they do it this way? It's like, you know, that might have been literally the best that could be done at the time with, with what they knew and how they checked it. Um, so it's like always be uh, open to new ways to evaluate it. But when you're looking back and thinking like, how it got put together, you, you got to kind of understand where it came from. We're using a, a handbook from 70 years ago, you that's know, it. like that's, that's kind of, it's kind of the, the mindset. Updates coming soon though. It is. That's, I've been <laughs> promised at a conference <laughs> earlier this year that they were, they were soon to release. Well, yeah. That's great. Dan, I really appreciate you, you stopping by. This has Absolutely. been a great conversation. I hope that you'll come back because I want to pick your brain on some other topics as, Would as love well. To. Would love so, to. I know we didn't even get into the conspiracy theory about uh, what you do with the camera. Yeah, not not yet, right? We'll get there. <laughs> All right. And I want to thank you guys for watching another episode of the podcast. Of course, it's available anywhere that you get your podcast. Um, if you have any questions, comments, topics that you'd like us to cover, you can email us at podcast at noria.com. And of course, thank you once again for your patience here.